His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. Yeah, the moment I got shorts that passed my knee back in high school, I thought I will never, ever wear shorts above my knee again. You can't find them not above your knee anymore. So, I know, my knees are showing. It's like sacrilegious or something. <clears throat> um, I know, I feel like it. I feel like I've let somebody down. I should turn in my man card, all kinds of fun stuff. <clears throat> so, uh, Lord God, I just come before you, and I just ask that you would just help this to um, come out of my mouth the way it is in my head. Um, I'm just asking that you just be in it. So somebody, you guys might find this hard to believe, but I get a little bit passionate sometimes. Nobody's ever really seen that out of me. I don't get, I don't get excited too often, but there are some subjects I do tend to get a little wound up about. So I, I promise if I get excited, I'm not yelling. I'm just passionate. Um, Bill Johnson or Chris Valaton, I'm not sure which one said it here recently, but, and I know Teresa's talked on it too, but basically that family is revival or revival is family. Um, and I, I would even say revival is in the family. And so between Teresa and reading that little bit blurb, I don't remember who it was now, Chris, or if it was Bill, but. Um, it just got me thinking and that, you know, I have no greater passion than to be a dad to my kids and to other kids who need that presence in their life. I love it. I got 45 year old men that at work that I'll be a dad to and they need it <laughs> sometimes just cause I'm bringing the paddle with me, but <laughs> I'll, I'll be a dad when they need it. Um, I have a lot of guys that like to confide in me and, you know, want to have conversations and then they look at me crazy when I turn around and yell at them about going back to work or something. So it, it doesn't always fit sometimes at work because you got to flip a switch. But I have the ability at times to speak into a lot of different people's lives. And I just, uh, it, it just, the, the whole thought of revival is in the family just got me thinking. And, and I just, I've not been able to get away from it. Then again, I've not actually been able to get it out of my head onto onto paper or a page either. So, um, ultimately, revival being in the family or however you want to say, it, however verbiage you want to use for it, it goes back to the same thing I spoke on before, and that's a generational work. It takes an older, a middle, and a younger generation for this thing to move forward and for it to be sustained. Uh, when we first started coming here. Leanne would know better. We've been, we'll be married 20 years in February, so we've been down here like 21 years now. And when we first started coming down here, we'd first heard about the Moravian Church and the 100-year prayer gathering, and I have never been able to get that out of my head. I've loved it. That has absolutely fascinated me, the thought of something I start to be able to carry it on for 100 years or something that I'm a part of could be able to carry on for 100 years. And it's, you know, how does that happen? Well, it takes mothers and fathers, it takes grandmas and grandpas, it takes kids, 
And, you know, so if you, if you think about it, our, our body, the body of Christ is set up, you know, the scriptures talk about the body, you know, it talks about the nose not being above the, in, in, in um, I'm trying to remember where I, I got it in here someplace, in Ephesians, I believe. Anyway, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so we have, we have grandparents that would be technically the older generation, right? You know, it says good leadership, uh, Proverbs 20, 28, 30 says, good leadership is built on love and truth for kindness and integrity or what keep leaders in their position of trust. We admire the young for their strength and beauty, but the dignity of the old is their wisdom. And of course, the, the rest of that is when you are punished severely, you will learn your lesson well for painful experiences do wonders to change your life. <laughs> I just couldn't help but put that in there because they do, don't they? And... Um, Proverbs uh, 16.31 says, Old age with wisdom will crown you with dignity and honor, for it takes a lifetime of righteousness to acquire it. So you guys are listening to this, right? You young ones over there. Lifetime to acquire. I'm listening. Lifetime to acquire it. So, you know, it, it, it is not about a older generation that just rides off in the sunset and has nothing left to offer. Um, obviously I believe pretty strongly in that, but it has to do with them having things to offer. It has to do with them being able to teach us, I'm still young, and teach you who are younger that we can save a lot of headaches by, by the wisdom that they've, they've acquired throughout their life. And that's meant to be honored. And that's part of that family as revival. Because if that part is not brought in and um, stewarded, just as long as, you know, because it's always the younger generation, the younger generation, you know, you got all that kind of stuff. And we've, Teresa's talked about it, Ron's talked, everybody's talked about it. But if you don't steward that older, older generation and kids be humble enough, myself included, to listen, then you're, you're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. You're missing, you've got to relearn things that they could have taught you. That, I, that we could have learned, that I could have learned by um, disrespect and, you know, honor is one of the things I get passionate about is, is, is being able to learn from those ahead of you, right? You know, my kids have heard me talk about I want my ceiling to be their floor. And I've heard Ron Teresa say that about me, that they want their ceiling to be my floor. They've said it about every one of us. Um. But then you get into the, to the to the parents, I guess, the middle generation. You, what you know, because the grandparents get the the fun time of they don't have any kids at home anymore, and so they they have this wisdom and they have this stuff. You know, especially I know I know my mom and dad. I'll just use them as an example. I get wound up sometimes at my kids. Well, they're like, it's really not that big a deal. No, 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 but it is. <laughs> it is. It is a big deal. No, nah, not really. And. And their wisdom says that really it doesn't amount to hill beans, and I'm getting wound up because it's something that I feel like needs to be disciplined, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. Now, there are some things that they don't think is a big deal that absolutely is a big deal. But <laughs> so in, 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 and this is kind of where I want to stay is in the, in the parents or the middle generation here, just because it's easier to talk about a mom and dad than it is anything, you know, so you know, you got the dad, the protector of the home, and you got the mom, the heart of the home. 
there was a time that all I could think of was to train strong men, strong boys, into being leaders and protectors of their home. Training my boys to be providers and foundations for their wives and children. Right, that was that was what was ingrained in me. That's what I thought. And I'd get wound up about weak men. Weak men would turn my stomach, I'm not gonna lie. And I want to see strong men. I want to see men that are able to be what they're supposed to be, to be able to work and provide and to protect and honor and to steward the things of their home, right? Then I had girls. And having girls was an eye-opening experience. So my mindset had to change, right? You know, when you, when you start out with three boys, bang, 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 over three years, you think you're never going to have a girl. And then you had Anna. We had Anna. And then it was, I'm never going to have another girl. I'm going to have more boys. And, and that's just kind of this where we were at at the time. It's just kind of the mindsets we had had at the time of, of things. And it, and it was never about boys were better than girls. That was never my mindset. I, I could have cared. I really could have cared less. Rather, I had all girls and no boys or all boys and no girls. I wanted a girl. We were absolutely ecstatic when we had Anna because at the time, again, like I said, we never thought we'd have a little girl. So we never thought we'd have eight kids either. So um, I tell my, I've told my boys before the conversations that we've had and about girls and about how to protect and how, just to be men, how to be men that they won't understand until they have girls of their own. And one example is Wonder Woman. They didn't much care for the movie. And I was absolutely ecstatic when it came out. And people looked at me like I was crazy because I was excited about Wonder Woman. And they thought I was nuts too. And I said, you won't understand until you have girls. You won't, you won't get it. Had nothing to do with Wonder Woman. I hated Wonder Woman as a kid, by the way. You two back here laughing at me. I despised Wonder Woman and her fake jet and her lasso and all that. I despised it. I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen. And then I had girls and the new one came out. And I, I could care less about sitting there and watching it. But then when you see Liberty or Kenzie or one of my girls running around in the Wonder Woman outfit and, you know, just wanting to be Wonder Woman, it, it, it kind of <clears> – <throat> it's strange. I understand. But – it's important, and you'll, I'll get to it in a minute. And I've told my boys they won't get it until they have girls of their own because they think, Dad, this is just crazy. So raising boys – hold on, i got to make sure I'm not in the wrong spot here. I'm losing myself. Raising boys became about not only being protectors and providers but, but coverings and gentlemen and facilitators that strengthens their wives – and children and th their daughters and as a dad there's nothing that makes me prouder than when my girls pick up a baby doll and talk about all the kids they're going to have and just their moms their mothers and they don't even realize it yet and, and that's in their heart that's ingrained in them and that is extremely important to me Leanne and her motherhood is something that brings me more joy and more um, – I'm as proud of that as I am anything. 
is watching her be a mom and love on my kids and help train the boys into not just being rough, tough, and real rough around the edges at times and polishing them a little bit and helping them to be gentlemen. And, and that takes her touch as well. And I used to tell Leanne that I wasn't going to handle them dating or getting married very well, my girls. Because, you know, I was teaching my boys. My boys were going to be providers. They were going to be strong, right? They could provide for their household, and, you know, that's what they were going to be. And that I would have to depend on another man to do that for my girls. That I'd have to depend on another man to take care of them. And honestly, I can say that's not true today. And that's because I realized the importance of the, the mother being the heart of the home. And because of regardless of what man they marry, they don't have a choice. Because a slow stream will cut through a hill. So that man has no choice but to be a provider. Because one, they've been trained to look for that. They've been, they will be trained. I've got some here that are young enough that they don't have a clue what they're being trained for yet. But they will be trained to look for that. And, but their, their hearts will carry that home. Their strength will carry that home. And my girls will know how to shoot a gun too, boys, so don't worry. They, they know how to be rough and tough just like them boys do. So when I pray for my boys, future spouses today, it's for a wife that has the same, same heart as their mother. It's for a heart to carry the home, for a heart to train up. You know, I'll just use an example from the other day. We were at church, and Leanne stayed at home with, um, what's your name? Stayed home with Liberty. And she got to talking to Liberty about the Lord and whether or not she'd accepted Jesus. And, you know, had you have a prayer language? And she didn't know, but guess what? She does now. And that's the heart that my girls are going to have. That's the heart I pray for in their spouses, in, in my boys' spouses, is that they will have that in their head to take a minute, to take a second. You know, it's stopping for the one but it's stopping for the ones in your house. It's stopping for the one that chases you around every day, following you and watching you, and then realizing, oh, you know what? I don't think we've had that prayer today. We've not prayed that before with you. Let's do that. Especially when you get as many kids as I got. You, you get to thinking, oh, I've taught you. I've taught you how to do that. No, Dad, you haven't. You taught this one how to do that. <laughs> All right, well, come here. Let's do this. Let's figure this out. Um. So, as a dad, you know, I, that, that the mother part is, is important to me. You know, as a kid in high school, I used to, because, you know, in high school, girls are funny. And they used to, they were, they, were, so they were taking the world by storm and these careers. And, man, I used to make them so mad. My wife's going to be barefoot and pregnant, and she's never going to leave the house. And... I would get some of the – I get some pretty good reactions, I ain't going to lie. I probably even got that reaction out of Leanne at one time or another. But I knew when Leanne and I started dating, and, and, and I was kidding. I, I mean, I really was. I could care less, honestly. At the time, I didn't have any idea what I wanted. I didn't know. But when Leanne and I started dating, we immediately – like first date, we started talking about having kids, when we were going to have kids, and that she was going to stay home. And – 
that was because that was our hearts. That was both of our hearts. You know, I, I, I honor the women that are able to work and, and be that mother's heart. We have awesome women in this place. That's not what I'm saying. But we had the same heart. Leanne and I had the same heart as to how we were going to do things, how we were going to be, how she, you know, the, what, we, what we wanted her to be and be able to do. And so as a dad and a dad of girls, you know, because men, boys, have every superhero under the sun. They have every movie you could watch that is men-related and tough and all that kind of stuff. So the girls really don't have anything. If they want to be a Spider-Man. They can be Spider-Man, but they got to be Spider-Woman, right? And so Wonder Woman came out, and I was excited because it gave them, you know, they gave them that superhero to, to run around in, and they weren't stealing the boys' stuff to be stormtroopers. They were, they were. They had their own stuff to, to – because, you know, Jacob still runs around in his Stormtrooper outfit from time to time. And um, so – and I, I say that to lead into this, and, and that is that when Hannah and Kristen and Haley started speaking on Wednesday nights, you know, Teresa and Leanne speaking, that was, that's mamma and mom, right? That was that, – that's home, basically. That's, those are people they deal with and they see all the time. And, but when the three of you added to the list, it was three more strong women that my girls could look up to and to watch and to emulate and to want to be that because it takes a family for revival. It takes strong women standing up here and speaking the word of the Lord in order for them to know that they can do the same thing because we've grown up in a culture where that's not okay. We've grown up in a culture where they're supposed to sit there and be quiet and that's not true. That's not what I'm training my girls to be. That's not what I want them to raise. And it's not what you, any of you here, want your girls to be raised. But, you know, with, with adding more to that list, with adding more to stand up here and speak, it gives them one more person. It's not just ma'am on mom anymore. Oh, look, they can do it too. She can do it too. Hey, Haley's a young one. She's doing it. You know, Kristen has more than enough to offer us. She, I love listening to her teach. You know, I love listening to Hannah. They all teach different. I love listening to Teresa. I love listening to Leanne because it's all different hearts, but they're all mother's hearts that get up here and speak, and, and they do the things. And so as a dad, now I want my boys to be able to facilitate in that their wives and then their daughters and then their sons to facilitate that and their daughters and their wives. And then that turns into a Moravian thing where we have 100 years of men covering women and women being able to be in the role that they're supposed to be in as, as wives and mothers. And, um, you know, Ephesians 5.28 says, Husbands have an obligation of loving and caring for their wives the same way they love and care for their own bodies. For to love your wife is to love your own self. No one abuses his own body but pampers it. Serving and satisfying its needs. That's exactly what Christ does for the church. He serves and satisfies us as members of his body. You know, you know, men, boys, that it's up to us to cover and facilitate that. Ron's example of covering Teresa is the best example you could have, in my opinion, of being able to cover her, to allow her to get up here and speak and be what she is to this body, the mother of this body, as he is the dad of this body. Um, you know, Obviously, marriage is important. Um, Ephesians 5.32 says, Marriage is beautiful design of the Almighty, a great and sacred mystery meant to be a vivid example of Christ and His church. Just like Christ covers us, we cover them. And, and, and we're able to be revival. 
Because if we can do that here, then it lasts forever. And then each one of those kids touches somebody else, and each one of their kids touches somebody else. And it might seem small, and it might be something that doesn't do go very far at, at the time, but it, it lasts forever. It just keeps going. So you can't forget one why you're here. You can't forget one why we teach it, kids, when you begin to have kids. We do it and we teach it because we, we want a generation. We want an, generations upon generations to continue to come and say that they go to His Love, His Love Christian Fellowship and to continue to serve and to continue to love and to continue to be bigger and greater and do more things for the Lord because that is what we are called to do. That is what we are called to do as a family. That is what we are called to do as a body is to serve and be one and, and be with and for one another. You know, younger gen, you know, then, then part of the family is you got kids, right? They come up, they're part of it. And even though your brains aren't fully developed, if you've listened to Chris Valentine at all, right? Why'd you do that? I don't know. Well, sometimes you don't know, right? Sometimes it's just not quite all the way there. But learn from those that go before you. Learn from the ones who have cut down the trees and taken the fields and paved the roads for what we've got for what we've been able to walk into. It will save you a lifetime of heartache and gain you a lifetime of wisdom long before you should have it. If you just listen, if you ask the right questions, if you pay attention. We have an incredible body. We have incredible mothers and fathers in this place. And if family is revival, then we are in the midst of it. Because we have strong families here who love one another, Right? We've had our share of heartache. We've had our share of people that have left and, and not been there, but it's a victory yet to be had. We will be able to say we've, we've survived in the midst of broken homes and broken families. We will be able to say that we've seen those come back and return, and we were able to restore our, our, bring them back and restore them. Right, Because we have family here. We have what the Lord has called us to be. And that is to walk together and side by side and to take ground for the kingdom. Lord, I just come before you and I thank you for this awesome body and these awesome people and the awesome mothers and fathers that we have in this place and really the awesome kids that we have in this place that are willing to learn and to, and to ask questions and Lord God, I'm asking that you bless them in humility to be able to hear. Lord God, I'm asking that you bless us in humility to be able to teach. Lord God, and you, you, you bless the middle generation to be able to learn from the older. Lord God, I'm asking that you continue to facilitate families in this place. Strong families that advance the kingdom. Strong families that intercede together and take ground. Strong families that intercede for Ted. Lord God, while, while I'm doing this, I want to pray for... Uh, Cherie's daughter, um, Skye, who I believe has a tumor um, behind her eye. And she's known, uh, if you know her at all, she's known nothing but loss. So, Lord God, we lift up Cherie, Lord God, and we lift up her, her mama's heart, Lord God. And, and, Lord God, I'm asking that you protect it. Lord God, I'm asking that you strengthen her and you gird her up in order to be there for Sky, Lord God. But we just ask right now for healing for Sky in the name of Jesus, that you would remove that tumor, tumor, cancerous or not, that you would remove it. Lord God, that it would be in a shrink. Lord God, they both know you, Lord God, and I am declaring healing over them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I just thank you 
for this body and these awesome people. And I'm just asking that you bless them and allow us to take more ground. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message.